Hello, this is Jeremy Bullock. I played Tor and Hal the Archer in Doctor Who. And you're listening to Traveling the Vortex. Traveling the Vortex. Side trip. Join the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at Planet Comic Con. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. And we are joined by an actor who you may know from a little science fiction film trilogy, but we know him best from two classic Doctor Who stories, The Space Museum and The Time Warrior, Jeremy Bullock. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. How are you liking Kansas City? This is your second. Is, is, this is your second time here, right? Yes, yeah, the second time, and, and it's grown. I couldn't believe walking into the hall, and it seemed to go on. I thought we're going to be here forever. So it's, just, <laughs> it's going on and on and on. But everyone has been very kind and said thanks for traveling all the way from London. But we, we've had a great time. Yeah, that's, how long is the flight? Is that? Flight's nine and a half hours. Then you have to change and wait overnight, and then. Wow. Then it's barely an hour and a half, so it's not bad. But if you can sleep, it would be good. But uh, I can't. I just watch the same film going around Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but it's not too bad. But it's just tedious more than yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's let's kind of start at the beginning. Uh, you got your start acting really young. How, how did you begin acting? Uh, well, I I failed every exam I took. Um, at school and it was coming up to the next set of exams this is a chance and I remember the English teacher leaning up coming over my shoulder and said Bullock you may have lovely writing but you have failed again (laughs) and that's you know for someone who's quite young which I was then it's not a very good start to any sort of career so it was from then I, I was determined to get something out of this terrible man. He, was an, he was, wasn't a very nice man. And as I left school, I was 12 years old, to move on to drama school. What will happen there? And I remember just before he went, he said, I hope you do well, dear boy. I hope you do well. And then it was a year later that I did um, the film A Night to Remember, where literally I was a film extra, but a young boy in the HS... No, the Titanic. And that was the first start of me in a, in a film. But you, you actually don't see me. So I don't talk about it because you know, <laughs> say, this is me. No, nothing, nothing at all. But that's how I really started as, uh, as an actor. Dangerous profession. <laughs> so you, your first Doctor Who story was the Space Museum. Mm-hmm. Of course, at the time, we didn't know that because they named the episodes individually. How did you get that part? Talent. Well, obviously, because you're a very talented actor. No, it it just went for an interview, and I met William Hartnell, um, who could be... you met him on the audition? Well, he was in and out of the door, I can remember this, and I was 14, I think 14 years old. I remember, and William Hartnell could be quite difficult, and I remember him saying, he said, you're the youngster, aren't you, in this? All right, son, right. How long have you been acting? I said... About six years. He said, "Not long enough." I said, "Well, I'll try and catch you up." He said, "Don't be silly. Don't be stupid." And he was, in a way, did me the greatest of favors by just saying, "Come on, come on," to make sure that I was on my feet and and I'm doing it properly. 
but towards the end when he said, thank you, you done well, son. You listened, you learned, didn't you? I said, well, yes, I hope I have from you. Yes, you have, well done. So that was his thank you, but it was a very strange way to start acting. Yeah. It's getting, and I was nerve shaking like a leaf. It was awful. But I'm here to tell the story. <laughs> was was off camera? Was he a lot kind of like how he was on camera, or did his demeanor change at all? That that's a good question. He's he was difficult. Well, I say that. I mean, probably less difficult for the grown-up people. But uh, he he was very good in that that Doctor Who. Yeah. And you have to give him that. He's a, he was an experienced actor. Um, and I just listened and watched what he did. So in a way, he did a great favour for yeah. me. Uh, did you meet Verity Lambert while doing? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, what, what was she like? Oh, she was just glorious. Oh, this is going to be a lovely time. This is going to be such a fun story. That, that was it. It was about seeing <laughs> But it, everyone, Doctor Who was an interesting um, story. And everybody wanted to join in and say, right, we're going to make this episode really the best. Well, it's never the same as that, but uh, it's just such a fabulous series to be involved with. Yeah. I think, based on the, you know, obviously it skyrocketed earlier with the success of the Daleks in, in the UK. How familiar were you with Doctor Who, and how much of a uh, popular program was it at the time that, that, that you were on the show? It was known, it was funny, because a lot of people say, I'm not sure about Doctor Who, and when the Doctor Who used to come out on the Saturday they suddenly realised that the kids were being frightened and they were hiding behind the sofa and not seeing these funny noises. But it, that got a lot of people to watch. And it was difficult to, uh, to begin with, but the stories got better and better. And, it, and it, look at it now, it's still going, which is fantastic. Several doctors, or seven, what do they say, several hundred doctors have already played the part. <laughs> Was there any concern? <clears throat> was there any concern on your part as an up-and-coming actor to get involved with a show that eh, maybe it's a little silly or science fictiony, and uh, like we've got a guy in a rubber monster suit over here? And uh, did, did you have any personal concerns about that, or was it just a job? And no, it was, that's the words you use. It's, it was just a job. You, I had a chaperone early on who has to look after you to make sure you don't run off anywhere, and you just made sure, I always remember, make sure you learn the lines, go through the lines, and I'd go home and go, the doctor, yeah, that's a word. Doctor, doctor, yeah. Doctor, help us. And so I was talking to myself and learning the lines, but I remember my mother sort of saying, what are you doing? So no, it's just, it's all right. Uh, Are you all right? I said, yes, I'm fine. What are you making such silly noises for? I said, no, I'm just learning lines, mum. It's okay. What was the production like back then? Because they make TV very different than they do now. And even the not even ten years later when they did the Time Warrior. How, what was the production like on the Space Museum? Well, if, if I remember all that, I remember it was black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also very difficult. You had to sort of pretend something was there. It was going out live. And you, you said, well, what am I going to do here? You, you were... And you pretend to pick up the gun. So there was an awful lot of... You suddenly realised you didn't have a proper set. But it was well done. When you see it, it's just grey, black, white, grey, black. That's, that's it. Well, they didn't really... That time period didn't allow a lot of retakes, right? Well, well it was a bit... Thank you. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, Star Wars. Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, he didn't, didn't have time to do much at all. And, and it was basically live television. And it was sort of early days of that. But I, I quite like the danger of it. That you, you get into this and you think, right, here we it's a snake. <laughs> Are you trying to kill me? What's going on? No. Um, no, terrific, uh, uh, gradually changing. It was going live and everything was... People were saying, have you done a Doctor Who? Have you done a Doctor Who? And now they still say it now, the, the new ones. Have you done a Doctor Who yet? Well, I've done two, actually. <laughs> trying to better them. And fellow actors, we'd, we'd have great fun doing that. It's great. Oh, you have a lot of screen time in that first story with Maureen O'Brien. Yes. You played Vicky. What was she like? Oh, lovely. I mean, everybody was so nice, and they said, you know, this is going to be fun. <coughs> to actually be in a space museum, uh, what, what happens in the space museum. And you, you learnt your lines very quickly, and then you thought, well, maybe I'll be able to do a little bit here. And the director soon squashed that to make sure, <laughs> you know, well, I'm directing, you don't have to do... But you, I learned an awful lot from Doctor Who from very early on. And you, you guys, your, your species, had some kind of different eyebrows. What was that process like? No, I, was, I thought you were going to ask that question, but it was <laughs> funny when this terrible time, it was hot in the studio, as it always is, and I remember I had eyebrows up here. They shaved these ones here, and they, the eyebrows were up here, stuck on there. So you're doing the scene like this, and as you say, yes, Doctor, or yes, of course, well, we've got to get the, the bad guys. And, and I could feel this slipping down, this eyebrow. <laughs> and I went, because you didn't know what was going on, so I stuck it here and carried on. I was, <laughs> then someone said, <laughs> started to giggle, because it was just ridiculous. The heat... And suddenly my eyebrows were one here and one over here. <laughs> but true, as a true loyal actor, I carried on. Oh, yeah, well, especially in that, the way they're made. Yeah, you couldn't stop. And no, you had suddenly to go, going. excuse me, sorry. <laughs> no, and there were a lot, it's terrible because I'm a terrible giggler. I, I do giggle a lot on simple things. I know that, uh, I don't know how much you remember of the story itself, but I know that... It's one of those stories that seems to be written more like a comedy. That there's, it doesn't really, it's not supposed to take itself too seriously. You've got mm. the Morocks, which I think is maybe kind of a play on Morogs. Those are the guys that run the museum. Uh, the Zerons, which is the, the crew Zero, that you're, uh, uh, or Zeon, yeah, uh, the crew that you're in charge of, or the rebels that you're in charge of. But there, it seems to be trying to kind of play fast and loose with some comedy. But it almost comes off as the production crew is still shooting as a drama. Do you think it took itself too serious for what it maybe was being intended to be? That's a good question. I, I think maybe they were taking themselves too seriously. What can we get out of this? And William Hartnell is very straight, very much a soldier, and being serious. And, but sometimes you need a good writer will put in, put in a little... Laugh, not meant not too heavily laugh, but just something a nice suffer. You need to get yourself sorted out, boy. Some, just some silly line will keep the thing going in the right. It needs to have a little bit of humour. I think what I noticed too is, is William Hartnell's able to do that kind of thing too. There might be a line that's funny, yeah. and his delivery. I mean, he can be just as serious as me, but his delivery was very. 
very well done on oh, the yes. comedy as well. Yeah. No, he's, he's a clever actor, and he was he was well known through England by being the sergeant major. Everything was done very quickly, quick stuff like this. And he he was so good at you know certain things, certain parts. He always played. He would do it several times, and uh, in many films in England, he, he was really terrific. And I, but he, he let you know that that he was terrific. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just recently, we went and covered. Uh, Carry on, carry on, Sergeant. Okay. Uh, which we're used to seeing William Hartnell as kind of the grumpy grandfatherly, uh, and to see him play—he's still a straight man, but he does a fair amount of comedy in that. Oh yeah, he, and he was, was wonderful. He put, and also some terrific drama with Richard Attenborough. Yeah. He he was he played a nasty criminal, uh, but he had just that style, and he was very good. Well, he was good at anything he did, but he, he did let you know every time. So what did you think of it? That's I terrific. enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. What did you think? No, I'm changing. Oh, that's what he was saying. Yeah. What do you think of it? Was that good? Yeah. I mean, he would tell you. But is it, is it, was it arrogance or was it confidence? Oh, the confidence comes with arrogance and vice versa. I think, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm so, you know, cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can be cool... Uh, like Boba Fett, but not Doctor Who. You have to split those. It's quite a difference. Because lo- the lovely thing is going to work with a helmet on your head, and that's that's it for the day. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about your part in The Time Warrior, which was the 1973 uh, uh, mm-hmm. episode or story that you did with uh, John Perkley. Yeah. Um, Howie Archer. What was that? What was it like working with, with John? John, he he's the nicest man in the world. It's rather like when working with Roger Moore. They're very similar. They're just the most delightful people, and you have such a good time. And they, they push you forward to get a close-up rather than themselves. And it's that sort of attitude. And just just a lovely man, you know, John Pope. He said, for goodness sake, do the sake to the bows and arrows. Remember, I'm here. I've got a big hair. Remember, be careful with the bows and arrows, you know, all, all the time, just lots of fun. Until the director would say, come on, come on, we've had the laughs, let's get on with the movie, come on. And people saying, yes, absolutely, come on, hurry up, and passing it down to everybody. <laughs> um, that was a very much lighter, William Hartner was, was terrific, but it was, could be quite heavy and... John Pertwee was another, just to bounce up and just giggling and laughing, you know. You got a chance to shoot some arrows in that. Did you, were you able to shoot a bow and arrow before, or did you learn that? Well, it's funny, I was called up on the, the night before filming, and I was a little bit nervous because I've got to do the bows and arrows and things, and I remember this guy came up to me, he said, you Jeremy Bullock? I said, yes, I am. He said, right, I need to teach you how to fire a bow and arrow. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. I'm an archer. And I, I can tell you what to do, but you've got to look good on the screen. I said, well, thank you very much, thank you very much. He said, right, now, come on. He said, what we do, is we'll do, this is what you're going to do for the rest of the time. You get the quiver. I don't like quivers, they're silly, but that's going to be in this particular bit of film. Thank you. Uh-huh. So up you go, you pull this in, you fire, and it, and it hit the side of the ball. I said, well, that, that was fantastic. He said, well, let's try another one. Right, pull up there, 
pull it back and it hit the side of the ball said right you try now don't try and be cocky don't be funny just do I thought what's the matter with him he's, te- he's supposed to be teaching me how to right okay so what do I do he said right as I've said before quiver there up right and I hit the side of the ball so he said right let's do this again in there up and he hit the side of the ball I said that's fantastic he said listen to what I'm saying alright I said yes I'm sorry I'm just saying how good that was it's going to be difficult there's no difficulty in it at all you just watch what I do I thought what is going on so the start of uh, anyway so he said right you do it again so I pulled it in pulled it back and it was the inner ring of the ball you trying to be funny? <laughs> no, no, I'm not trying to be funny. I was just trying to get as accurate as I possibly can to make me look like an archer. Well, you'll never do that in the time you film them tomorrow. And I said, well, is there any other thing? No, I, think, I don't think we can do any more. But that, that was what you had to come up with. You had to be, yes, sir, almost yes, sir. Yes, of course, I'm terribly sorry. It's my fault. And <laughs> What's the point? You know? Anyway, it's not always like that. I did get the bull later on, but I've got no proof. <laughs> well, you were, you were quite the man of action in that story. You, you were running around and shooting those arrows all over the place. Yes. I'm Boba Fett. How <laughs> <laughs> the archer. How the archer. No, that was great fun, to, to look like an archer. And, and, and that was the, the... It was after that the sad thing with Elizabeth Sladen, who was such such a sweetheart and uh, then there was the possibility that I was going to be the male companion but when it came to it it never happened but, uh, which I think was a shame yes. I think it would have been wonderful to see because Hal and Sarah had a really good chemistry I thought yes you're absolutely right yeah. so what was what was it like working with her was she, no, she, she was, she was lovely she was like a sort of a princess in a pantomime but sort of st- a strong lady and we used to giggle as well, have a laugh, and uh, which you need you need to do quite a bit of, because you're out there all the time firing bows and arrows. And she was just, and it was a great new career for her going on. Yeah, because so, that was her very first story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a lot of outside shooting for that story, as opposed to the previous one, which was all mm-hmm. studio based. What's the differences between studio shooting and shooting on location? I think shooting on location is, is a must for something like that. Bows and arrows flying all over the place. It, it, it just much better. And the castles, you used the castles, pushing rocks off it. And you had all that at your disposal. Uh, but when you're just doing studio, it's difficult with a series like that. Yeah, it definitely can be. Yeah. Um, what, what, what did you think when you first saw this on Taran makeup? <laughs> just laughed, really. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Um, but he was uh, Kevin Lindsay, it would be, you know, mm-hmm. as the Taran. I had to do that brave thing, here comes the bow and arrow again, and be able to fire it in the back of his head as he goes. Boom. So I just hope that man who taught me how to fire a bow and arrow was watching that night to see how accurate his, <laughs> his firing was. Yeah, that was giggly. Was there a little bit of, when you, when you got the call up to, oh, you're going to do Doctor Who again, did you kind of think, oh, all right, cool. I mean, Oh, straight away. Everybody wanted to be 
at least do one episode of Doctor Who, and to be able to do two was was fun. Because by that point, the show had been on for ten plus years, yes. and it kind of established itself yeah. pretty well. Yeah. And and just to say, and it's lovely to get a call, not to have to go for interview, because you're always doing an interview. This is it. You do an interview. If you get it, good. If you don't get it, that's bad luck. But to actually, the phone went one evening at six o'clock. Jeremy, we can't get hold of your agent. Anything, any chance of coming up to see us tomorrow? I said, sorry, who is this? said, well, it's the Doctor Who crowd. We'd love to have you on the next. That's how it happened. So that's luck. If the, uh, the crew called you up today, said, hey, we want you to come back. Would you, would you do that? Oh, I'd love to do, just a third, I'd love to do another Doctor Who. That would be lovely. Would you, would you want to do a new character, or would you want to revisit maybe one of Well, maybe, maybe you could have this, the same sort of character, but with a bow and arrow stuffed down his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> well, just in case they want Hal the Archer back. <laughs> Should we open up the room for yeah. questions? Open up the room? Well, oh, I see. you guys have some questions you want to ask? Yes, sir. Okay, well, first of all, I'm a big fan of, of course, Doctor Who and Star Wars as well, and I was at your other panel. And you briefly quoted Richard III, and I got a little bit of chills. And if I'm not mistaken, you did do some Shakespearean acting when you were younger. So, well, my question is what is your favorite Shakespeare play? Could you possibly recite something? Uh, I think. Um, it, it was great. I did very little Shakespeare. I did, did a lot when I was younger, and I wish I'd carried on. It was my fault. I wanted to get in rather like Doctor Who, comedy or something. But um, Hamlet, I think, is the one that I, I did as a 12-year-old to practice. They said, you need to pause, you need to do this, and you need to do that. That's how you do ice. So you'd be going, to be or not to be. That is the question. Whether it is never in the mind or suffer the slings and arrows of average. Slow down, slow down, Jeremy, stop that. That's rubbish. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, and I thought I was doing quite well. And this, you've got to go through that. There are some wonderful Shakespearean actors, but it was early on, the Doctor Who times, that I started to fall out with, I don't want anything too serious. I'm sure I'm a, a comedy man. And, this is, and I did several kids' series you know, as a, as a comedy, and it all worked. But I, I think it was my mother who said, you know, you need to concentrate more on Shakespeare. You should. And so I didn't. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I did other things, so that was okay. But I, I, wish I'd, I wish I'd done a lot more Shakespeare. And, and you've got the beard, so if I had the nice, tough beard with Shakespeare, and, oh, fantastic. <laughs> No, it's a pleasure. Anybody else? He's a man uh, in a coat. I actually, I've got kind of a strange question. Um, but mostly being known for Star Wars, like myself, I didn't know that you were involved with the early uh, Who universe. And so I just kind of wonder, uh, is, it, is it nice now that Doctor Who's being more known that you are being able to revisit these things that a lot of people in America especially may not know you've done? No, I mean, I'm known, well, I suppose throughout the world or certainly in America, you know, for Star Wars and Boba Fett. And, you know, I don't mind that. It's, it's great fun, especially the little kids come up 
and sort of half sort of punch you because they think Boba Fett's immortal. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't mind that, sadly, but it, it would be nice to do more stuff, more serious stuff. But even directors that you know, so Jeremy, how's the uh, Star Wars going? I said, well, I'm not in the new one. He said, oh, I just thought we were going to get you for something else. We, are you free on August the 13th, 1917, whatever it is? And that's how casting goes, people say. Oh. Um, I think now, when I look back, I think I should have done a lot more, a lot more Shakespeare, a lot more drama. I did a lot of drama in the West End of London, but you need to, you need to do much more. And I was probably more likely to think, well, if I do this and it's too serious, then people won't know me for this. So you'd go backwards and forwards. And so I made mistakes. But, you know. but now it doesn't matter because I'm nearly 53. You, you, you've seen the new series, right? And Peter Capaldi, have you seen any of his episodes? No, I haven't seen his episodes yet, but episodes. he's a wonderful doctor. I've seen a trailer, but uh, not... Unfortunately, not enough. It's because fellow actors, it's great fun being with them. And you, you say, I saw you the other night. It was absolutely terrific. Normally, you're trying to get the job off him, but it's that lovely thing when they said that was terrific. And to hear from another actor, that's you, it makes you feel good for months. It's like a policeman stopping the traffic. <laughs> Set it up this afternoon. That's the best idea I've heard for months. <laughs> really brilliant. Uh, who's your favourite doctor? Um, because I work with him, well, two of them, I think John Pertwee. But they're, they're all good in their own right. They're all talented guys and they, they make the, the part their own. So they're, they're different, but they're still the Doctor Who. I mean, I giggle. My granddaughter, the youngest one, just shrieks with laughter at Doctor Who. She loves it. It's good. You, you talked about uh, Cardinal being more of the kind of the maybe stricter, the sergeant regiment type mm -hmm. thing. Uh, was John a little more playful? Was he, I mean, he, he obviously took acting serious, but he seems like one of those guys you could really kind of get along with and uh, chat and have some fun with. He, he exactly, you've explained it. Uh, he's, such, he's very serious about his work, but always has the, oh my goodness, this is going to be dreadful, never mind. Uh, you know, the rain starts to fall and they've got to finish the scene, so it doesn't matter, oh dear. And he just laughed his way through the whole thing. But again, suddenly he's terribly serious. Come on, we've got to get this dry. I can't walk along here and do your... Oh, oh why is this... So, so you suddenly see the other side, but not too serious, but he's just complaining about 
something. And then he said, and don't you fire those bow and arrow, arrows at me. It's not me, I was taught by a great artist, you know. Who, who, <laughs> so he kept the whole thing balanced and jolly, but he could turn to say, not nastily, but just to say, oh, God, this is tedious. But nice man. And you could get round him if he was feeling a little bit, you know, oh, dear, I feel so dreadful. You could join in a conversation and it'd soon be back to normal. You also worked with two stalwarts for the program, Barry Letts and Terence Dix. What was it like working with them? Well, it, it, it was great working with them because I met them in when I took the children. They were really young then. We took them to Disney. And uh, he, again, these are such good people. He died early as well, and that, that was sad. There were so many good people involved with that. You surprised me relatively recently. Um, you were in one of my favorite Bond films, and I didn't realize it. I've seen The Spy Who Loved Me, I don't know, 20, 25 times. It, it, it's just it's up there in the pantheon of one of my, just, I love this action movie. It's just a great one. And one day I had it on, and this submarine commander comes out, and I went, I know this guy, and it, I, had, I had to look you up on the internet. And then I was ashamed of myself for not realizing that that was you all the years. Three, correct? Three. Yeah. Well, one was very much a cameo thing. You just came, and it was Roger Moore that probably got me the job because he said, "We, you can't be Smithers, who's the character that I played twice. You can't be that. But why don't you come down and, you know, you could be in something." Of, that I did one of the films, you know, maybe, and he was such a lovely bloke, and I said, oh yeah, that'll be fine. So it wasn't a question of getting how many Bond films have you done, but three. Um, <laughs> but it was nice to be involved, and they kept asking you back, and I thought maybe I'll become the sort of, the top dog, and you never know. You, you have these dreams of being, and then you look at yourself in the mirror and say, the name's Bond. No, don't leave, it gets funnier. <laughs> okay, see you later. And make, make sure you learn your Hamlet. Sorry, where were you? I, completely I, think, I think everybody does that when they put the tuxedo on for the first time, yeah. whether it's a wedding rehearsal or whatever, you stop and you look, at least guys do this. Everybody's done that, right? I'm not the only person. You put the tuxedo on, you look in the mirror. Bond, and you just kind of have a laugh about it. But. Say, say that again. Bond, James Bond. Rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't study my Shakespeare. That's what I guess. No, well, you know, there's still time for that. Yeah. Any other questions from the audience? <laughs> um, how do you think that your episodes of Doctor Who helped uh, transition you to being in Star Wars? That, that's a good question. I, I, Doctor Who had long passed before getting... I was very lucky with the, the Boba Fett part. And it's just that I fitted the costume. And people said, oh, don't be serious. No, I did. I mean, they didn't have to make any alterations. You're, you're tall enough, you're six foot tall, and that's... Well, and, and George Lucas was lovely. He said, I, I think it, you'll have a lovely time. It's not a big role, but uh, welcome aboard. And that was the that was the audition. So you ought to try that if you go up. There. <laughs> Welcome aboard, you know. There you are. 
So you never know. There's always a... If people want to be an actor and they say, what, what do you think? I, I said, go for it. You know, if you don't get the part, you don't get it. That's, it's a question of, you know, you get it or you don't. There's no sort of, maybe they'll call... No. You, you're going to do it or you're not. It's going to be harder to act behind a mask kind of thing because you have to, you have no use of your face for expressions or things like that. They obviously dubbed a different voice in, but you've got to be animated when you're doing you, it. You have to be, I mean, as soon as I saw the, yes, can I help? Can I help? Oh, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> the thing is with Boba Fett, we'll just briefly talk about, the, the, the great thing is if you stand still, that's far more stronger than waving your gun about, I'm Boba Fett. <laughs> you know, doing that, the best thing is to be what is written, just standing still and just staring in one place. Then that person that he's staring at is rather worried. Is there someone behind me? Because he doesn't move much, but it's a character that you just play with just walking. I think one of Boba Fett's most powerful moments for me is the scene in Return of the Jedi, just after they've brought Chewbacca in in the handcuffs and oh, carted him yeah. off, and the music starts back up and everybody's happy, and the uh, bounty hunter that Princess Leia is disguised as kind of looks over, and Boba Fett's you're standing up against the wall, and you just kind of give her a, a little head nod, as if you know, yeah, oh, yeah. and, and so, that uh, just to me, I don't know, it speaks volumes about the character. Well, I probably had a crick in my neck. <laughs> <laughs> It can, you know, it does happen when you do that. But, you know, I, I, I count myself extremely lucky. But you, you, as I said before, you get a part or you don't get it. You can't be in between. Um, but certain things went your way on that particular week, too different. And I had to be back for the theatre, which I was playing in. Um, he said, because this part, you've got to be absolutely on song. Um, but and I went to the people in the theatre I said look I've been asked to do this job it's not very big but can I you've got to be if you're late you're, at, you're in serious trouble which is true you can't suddenly turn up and there's a play you're about to go on stage you've got to be there you've got to be do it so I was extremely lucky do you have a preference between uh, stage acting and, and film or television? I prefer stage acting but I haven't done that for 13 years, something 13 years, serious one. And it was a thriller that you're supposed to get everybody out of their seats, which it did. It was a nasty piece of work, but uh, I was a terrible person. Um, But every every night people should... (gasps) Just for no apparent reason, because there's just a movement, again, a movement. And uh, that ran for a year and a half. And I was exhausted. Star Wars had come and gone um, that I was moving on to almost Return of the Jedi and just I had a huge amamount of work and started to go I can't, I can't do this I really can't but I managed to get through the opening bits and not tell anybody that I'm, I'm doing this film what film oh, the new part is Star Wars you no I've done that it's the next one Return of the Jedi and I, I was told not to say anything <laughs> when you're younger you went yes, yes it's great but luck comes into it all the time do you have any upcoming projects? Hmm? do you have any upcoming projects? 
No, uh, I mean, most of the stuff would be, uh, the, it's called The Owl and the Gate. I don't know why that title's out there. It's doing a voice where you have to say, I'm here and away, oh, oh. I said, are you, are you sure people are going to sort of want to listen to this? It was a mad sort of owl, which is yeah, uh, this cartoon thing. So I'm doing that at the moment. Yeah. I haven't got the, the voice ready yet. <laughs> well, well, he's getting laughs, so that's good. <laughs> Any other questions? I'm just curious. Um, surely you have a young family that um, is very proud to have you, you know, actors, degrees, Yeah, I think uh, the, my youngest granddaughter, who's seven, is lo- lovely because she says, can we watch the bit with you now in, in the bits, well, the bits that you're in and the ones that the other doctor who's in? And I said, what, what does that mean? Well, just, can I watch them now? Because I said, well, it's not in sequence. Do you want to see them after... No, but I just want to see it now. <laughs> so she, she's absolute. She loves everything you do. You could do anything. Yeah. But if you're on television, she says, you're on television. I said, yeah, I know. Well, that's what Granddad does, you know. She says, yeah, but can we watch something Star Wars? Because she'd never seen Star Wars, and suddenly she's hooked. She's gone, that's it. <laughs> she, she said, oh, no. No, I'll see that later, and then do the other bits later on. So she absolutely loves everything Grandad does. Mind you, I set her up and say, "Would you like to see Star Wars with Grandad?" Never mind the boys. We went. We'll sit and watch it. Oh, good, lovely. So you have that lovely rapport with her. She's she loves it. So was her first two the ones you were in, or had she watched other episodes before you introduced her to the ones? Uh, you were no, in? I I just showed no the, the instant the ones that are the last, well the last, can't remember the dates of them but no she just wants to see action packed and whereas granddad when I pulled down the visor she likes that because that looks <laughs> looks supposed to look cool but she, she loves it all we're very fortunate that the stories of Dr. Venturian do still exist and they are back in the archives and they're on DVD and they're accessible um, but as you know there's a lot of Dr. Who that's yes. missing because it wasn't yeah. white uh, are you glad that the particular stories that you were in still exist and, and how much of a tragedy? Because it's not just Dr. Who that's missing. There's mm. there are lots of British television that's just lost to the ages yes. because it's gone. What is that really kind of a tragedy, especially in the British well, public because they had no foresight? Well, it is a tragedy. It's a shame because there, there was so much good, good work going on and um, lovely stories and everything, so it disappeared. I wonder who did that. I wonder if it's that man with the bow and arrow. <laughs> could, have, could have been. But no, a lot of stuff a lot of stuff was missing, which is a shame, but you know, you have to move on and you know, I'll get the eyebrows stuck up here again and we'll see if we can make a new, a new movie. <laughs>
Now was the winter of a discontent, make it all this summer, the sun of you all. Now is the winter, right. Um, could you, could you come up here a second, sorry. Absolutely. Right, no, just, just sit down with the microphone. I'm going to pretend that I'm a director, because sometimes it happens like this, it's very quick. So you're the actor, that they couldn't get anybody else, so they're asking you. Um, <laughs> And just one day, so you can do your Shakespeare, okay. so to be or not to be, and your pace has got to be plenty of time. So we've got to be interested in what you're saying. So if, if it was, it's not to be or not to be. That that's too quick mm-hmm. and too slow. You can be, but to be or not, because the people here must understand what you're saying. So, okay. So off off we go. Plenty of voice and a lot of confidence. Action. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it be nobler in the mind to... I, I don't remember the rest no, of the the, <laughs> the opening piece was terrific. The rest was... I uh, didn't understand it. Thank you. Now, I'm just being a cruel director. <laughs> <laughs> this is why... Thank you, thank you for any way... Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of got to take the note and try No, but to... sometimes people throw that. You have an interview and you don't know what you're going to say. And that, that's what they do. That's what suddenly comes up. Right, off you go. What do I say? Off you go. Just make it up. And that, a lot of interviews wow. are like that. So I just wanted to see the reaction. <laughs> Did you have a director or uh, an audition that went particularly badly and uh, they just kind of crushed you and said, get out uh, of here, kids, cup, you're no couple good? A t- couple of times. Uh, you know, they, they just say, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's have some professionality. Come on, let's... It, sometimes that's the, the director who's... Bit under, he, he's not very good at his job. So he comes up, he's going, come on, come on, let's settle down now. Come on, I want this. And you can see him flabbering around, and he's lost it. And that's happened a couple of times. But thank you very much indeed. That was a wonderful performance. Uh, but I afraid we can't pay you. <laughs> do, do you have any advice for up-and-coming actors? Maybe there's people out here that would be interested in doing a role. Do you have any advice for actors trying to get into business? Well, the first part of advice about being an actor everything is, is don't. <laughs> if you just suddenly decide, no, I don't think I will, but if you don't have that problem, then you, you must go for it. And just keep... Keep being a character, almost whispering to yourself, and then something comes in up here and you go, actually, that's quite good. I quite like the way that's done. So you just go for it. So this time next year, I expect several actors to perform. I'll come and direct it okay. and um, see what happens. First of all, thank you for being here. Time Warriors is one of my all-time favorite episodes of Doctor Who. Peace <laughs> I, I find later I had to sign it. I ran it off with it, but I bought it for you to sign. But right. my question is, personally, do you think Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit? Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, did you... Uh, probably Sarlacc, the Sarlacc pit is full of those coats, because you can get lots of those different coats. <laughs> yeah, There's a yeah. so We have a problem customer here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, go for it. Thank you. <laughs> When did you first have a sense that the character of Boba Fett had grown 
beyond what people probably, uh, the makers of the film probably assume we would. Uh, being this famous anti-hero, this uh, character that has maybe the fewest lines of any character in the trilogy, is one of the most recognizable now characters and most celebrated characters um, in, the, in the series of movies. What was the first time that you got a real sense of that happening, where you were like, wow, this is, this is taking off? Well, I think, do you remember when they, they, did, they re-released the films on the big screen, yeah. the, the whole again? And it was then that there was a bit more of a buzz. I saw the film the first time, and then the second time, I remember there, there was a, whoa, you know, I thought, what, what are they doing? But this time there was a reaction vocally. They said, oh, Boba. So they'd probably seen it three or four times, the different people going. And it was then, the second time, you should see it on the big screen. So that, that's when it really started to take off. And here we are, still, still going. Still going. So, so Ralph Macquarie designed the concept of the original Star Wars movie and his original design of a Boba that was completely white. I was wondering what your opinion was on the concept driver. Well, they kept changing it backwards and forwards. They were doing the white, you know, the Ralph Macquarie piece and holding it. And you, you learnt a lot from the way he was going and then George Lucas decided not to have this, to have this. So I, I just kept looking at the outfit thinking, that would be good, all white. That would be dangerous, that would be good. And then suddenly all the gadgets started to appear and you could see them. Guns and all sorts of things. And he's a, he's a dangerous character, Boba Fett. And I think they were trying with the white, all white, to see if it would be even more dangerous, but no, it wasn't. So it was good. I mean, I'd like to walk down the road every morning to get the milk, dressed as Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that could be quite cool. Well, yeah, what do you think of your, your Who costumes? Uh, I know Tor was kind of a very basic turtleneck and, and <laughs> Turtleneck pants. and funny eyebrows, yes. And Chucks, I noticed. You yes, were yes, uh, Chuck Taylor's. What do you think of Hal's costume? Is that comfortable? Oh, no, Is that uh, uncomfortable? Uh, no, it was very comfortable. I mean... Uh, Hal the Archer, and then I could look quite good in that, you know. So I had the terrible wig under, tucked under here. So the wind was making it flail all over the place. No, the costumes that you wear, that was one that was really comfortable. The Boba Fett outfit was extremely uncomfortable. It never pinched here underneath, but you weren't going to suddenly turn around and say, George... Is it all right if we have a couple of minutes because it hurts? Under you'd probably say, "Get on with it," and that's exactly what you did. You didn't think about anything at all. You just put the outfit on, yeah. And great wheels of bruising here and by your foot, and but you just didn't say, "Can you change this?" You just got up with it. I remember a few years ago when you were uh, here for Planet Comic Con, there was a very large gathering of Mandalorians. We had Boba yes. Fett's and we had soldiers. We had all, it probably was a little bit amusing for you just to kind of sit and look at all these people that were dressed as a character you had done. What would you think if all of a sudden we started seeing how the archers and, and, and tours everywhere, like a whole just group of people were to show up dressed like that? It'd be a bit boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> Especially if you were leading them. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> no, it would. <laughs> no, it would be strange. I mean, 
people don't give a second look, you know, people outside here walking with costumes on. I think it's terrific. You know, people who can be shy, and we all have a little bit of shyness in us, can dress up in a costume and look and say, yeah, that looks good, that's me, yeah. And you should be confident about what you wear and what you don't wear. Uh, I, I think it's great to see so many costumes this, this year. Incredible. Has you ever seen someone dressed up as Tor Hal? Well, no, that was 1912. <laughs> 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 no, I haven't actually. I think we might have to start. <laughs> we need to start a campaign. Yeah, somebody at least dressing up as. Keith, I, I think you fit the physique the best. I'll look into that. Maybe I'll start with Tor and work towards Hal. There you go. Dress Tor, give him some uh, funny eyebrows, and then we're there. I can do it. Does anybody remember that, the, the eyebrows that were up here? So they are noticeable, right? We'll work on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. All right, I think that's going to... Oh, wait, we got one more quick question. We did. Are there any other doctors or companions you wouldn't like to work with? I, I think I'd like to work with most of them, really. I, I think they're all, in their own right, really excellent. And so if it came across and it, there was a possibility, it would be great to... To use them, and the new doctor is especially good. They're excellent. So I might have to get someone else to do that with a moustache or something. <laughs> no, it's great. Each one is great. You've been great, uh, apart from the person who was doing Shakespeare. Um, so, <laughs> only a joke. <laughs> no, but thank you very much indeed for all your all your. Thank